The gig economy is taking over. Have you heard about Yellowbird? Safety that soars. Have you ever felt? Are you listening? Welcome to the People in Tech podcast, your resource for all things happening in tech. Join the conversation with your host, Caleb King. What's up, day one listeners? Welcome back to the show. And today we have our first interview of 2020 with a very up and coming, super cool, innovative startup. Yes, I'm talking about Yellowbird. You can find them at their site, goyellowbird.com. But you might be sitting here and asking, Caleb, what is Yellowbird? What is this all about? Well, Yellowbird is taking advantage of the whole gig economy business model. When I say gig economy, I'm talking about things like Fiverr, Freelancer, Upwork, pretty much where they create a platform to fulfill needs that people have a certain skill set for. So Yellowbird understands the unique challenges businesses in construction, mining, oil, gas, and healthcare fields face. With field hazards and processes involving heavy equipment, unique electrical, chemical, industrial hygiene, I mean, pretty much anything you do not want to see me near touching, operating, I mean, I'm a hazard by my damn self. So I got my man Michael out on the podcast today to tell us more about what is Yellowbird, what is their mission, what are they trying to do, and why you need to be paying attention to this up-and-coming startup. Let's get into it. What's up, day one listeners? You're rocking with the best DJ. The realest shit gon' find. Woo! DJ Side Hustle. Make sure to check out and subscribe on our website and follow us on LinkedIn for exclusive content. Hey, Caleb. Are you doing shout-outs in season three of the show? If it was my show, I would at least recognize the people who support you here and on social media. Otherwise, all your notifications just come from your mother-in-law. Anyways... Did you find Michael on LinkedIn? Dang, Sharon, coming in hot. Yes, we are doing shout-outs for Season 3 of the podcast. So let's just jump right into it real quick. So I got two shout-outs for this episode. Shout-out to my boy, Lathan LaRue. I hope I'm saying your name correctly, man. But uh, Lathan reached out to me on LinkedIn. And he actually has a really cool internship. He's working up in Tesla. So he might be able to hook us up with a Model X or maybe a Cybertruck. Sharon, who knows? But uh, shout out to him. Thank you for supporting the podcast. He checked out the last episode and I'm hoping he's checking out more. Also, big shout out to my buddy Storm, who not only listens to this podcast on his way to work, but it's sitting there and he's like, yo, Caleb, I'm going to listen. I'm going to give you some real feedback. So just be ready for it. So Sharon, we have to do our absolute best to impress Storm. That way he's not coming back to us with anything that might just crush my confidence. You know how sensitive I can be, Sharon. But huge shout out to those people. And yeah, again, LinkedIn is my platform. So if you want to get in contact with me, find me on LinkedIn. I did not search for Michael on LinkedIn, but I did see his profile on LinkedIn. It's actually funny. This is one reason I wanted to get this episode out sooner rather than later, Sharon. Michael reached out to me and he's like, yo, we are ready. And just let me know when you were ready to do a podcast interview. And I was like, this guy is a man of action. Let's get him on the show. But enough of me hyping him up. Let's jump into the interview and hear from the man himself. Ladies and 
Ladies and gentlemen, today we have a special guest on the show. In the building. Let the music lift your soul, sharpen your senses. And let's jump into the studio for this interview. And don't forget to follow us on LinkedIn for more content. Follow me, follow me, follow me now. First of all, I want to say, Michael, welcome to the show. And what we like to do with all our guests is we ask the traditional question, how did you get into tech? Thank you. Well, first, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, I actually got into tech very young. I was 15 years old um, and uh, I was recruited into uh, into technology out of a uh, a movie theater of all places um, where I was a uh, I was a doorman and I uh, had a gentleman who owned a little computer store and um, I thought I was or he thought I was older and uh, he asked me if I was interested in selling computers. So uh, that was uh, quite some time ago. That was uh, in the uh, very early 90s. <laughs> okay. Now let's fast forward to 2019. Uh, so to give you some context, Michael, a lot of our guests, a lot of our listeners, they are wanting to become entrepreneurs. They want to do a startup. They want to, you know, be their own boss. So my question to you sure. Have you always been an entrepreneur at heart or was it something you learned over time? You know, I, I really do believe that people have an entrepreneurial spirit. They're not always able to scratch that itch as the case may be. Um, in my case, I've always kind of kept my eyes open for opportunities. Um, I've always been somewhat of a salesman and I like doing business deals and, and being in, in sales per se and, and, working with people and, and finding solutions. And I think at the end of the day, an entrepreneur is somebody who really loves finding that, finding that problem solving solution. Um, and so I, I have always had my eyes open. So I don't know if I actually answered your question, but I, I think from, from very early age, I was entrepreneurial. Okay. That makes sense. So of course okay. we like to do research on, I guess. So I saw you were, at least you attended college in California. Are you originally from California? I am. I'm from uh, Orange County, California, uh, Huntington Beach. Okay. Um, so I'm from Thousand Oaks, California. So I saw you had the San Francisco State on your profile. Then you mm -hmm. went to Pepperdine and you ended sure. up in Arizona. So just walk our listeners to you know, your time on the far West Coast moving to the desert. Well, I... Um, I fell in love with my wife, uh, my fiance that became my wife 21 years ago. She was, uh, she was raised here in, in um, Phoenix area. She went to, uh, went to Xavier for her freshman year and then moved over to California with a job transfer. Um, and we met in the, uh, we met at an internet company that was one of the largest uh, internet uh, startups in Orange County back in 1995 of all things. Um, and, uh, the evolution of how I got there was I, after college, I moved back down and, um, and became a salesman for this company and did very well and uh, ended up becoming one of the owners. Um, during that, uh, during that process of meeting my wife and, and, uh, eventually getting married and having kids, um, we, uh, we were always in Orange County and, um, had a, had a wonderful life there. Um, but her sisters and brothers and her mother, um, were, were all here. And so, about uh, 24 months ago or so, um, we determined my son was going into high school. We thought Brophy would be a great location for him, a great high school for him. And my daughter uh, had uh, her cousins and so forth here. And we decided to make the move over into the valley. So 
that's how we ended up here in uh, in Phoenix, Scottsdale area. Well, welcome to the Valley. We're happy to have you, of course, as we love entrepreneurs, startups, all of that, helping the Valley really be put on a map because there is a lot of great stuff going on around here. So I do have a question. You mentioned that you were in sales and then you eventually became a founder. A lot of our listeners, mm-hmm. Michael, you know, they hear, they hear that comment and I know the first question is, but what made him successful in sales? Was it somebody like, hey, you look like you should be a founder. Do you want to be a founder? Like, mm-hmm. you know, like this help our listeners understand um, maybe the years of hard work, the dedication that you needed to go through to become a founder for your first company before you even got to um, go Yellowbird. Absolutely. Um, you're asking great questions. So for, for, for me, what made me successful in sales, and I think it's really true if you really dig deep into anybody who's been successful in sales, is they help their customers through challenging times. Um, and in my world, you know, we had the ups and downs of the internet boom and bust. We had um, various opportunities where we were working very large deals that had to be finessed. Um, um, and in my experience, I started getting to know some of the owners of some of these companies. And so you're no longer just a salesman. You're, and I know it's such a cliche, but you become a business advisor or a trusted advisor. People always use those terms. But reality is, is that if you build a really good relationship with folks, you learn a lot about their challenges, which basically you get a boot camp into entrepreneurism. Um, I became a founder because one of my customers um, wanted, uh, they needed somebody to head up sales. And um, they were going off to start a business. And they said, you know, I, I can't think of anybody better at being in this with me. And I said, you're out of your mind. I am not leaving this great sales position with all these commission checks to go um, do a startup. And, um, you know, after enough uh, back and forth, I say, okay, what the heck, let's, let's give it a whirl. And so uh, that's actually how it, how it became reality. Um, and the other ventures that I've been involved in, um, folks have asked me to be advisor or an investor, an angel investor over time. But it started with a relationship with somebody who knew me from a business perspective, who asked me to get involved and the willingness to keeping your eyes always open for an opportunity. Um, doesn't mean you have to take it, but seeing opportunity is, in my opinion, the most important thing about being a, a good entrepreneur. Very cool. And one of the reasons I was really excited to interview you, Michael, is the fact that you were a salesperson, you found your way into a CEO founder type role. And right now mm-hmm. you are the founder CEO of Go Yellowbird, which my understanding yeah. is a gig economy professional marketplace. Would you compare it to something like Fiverr and Upwork? You know, I, I would in a way. Um, they're similar except what we're doing is a very vertically focused um, gig economy um, strategy. We're going after professional services in the um, environmental health and safety market. And what that basically means is, and everybody talks about OSHA standards and safety and all this kind of stuff, but nobody really boils it down to what that means. Um, There's a whole bunch of businesses right now that that are running without a safety net and they just don't have the resources to, um, to get themselves covered, get training for the right thing, maybe don't even know how to manage hazardous materials or how to keep their forklift operators safe. So 
So there's all these safety requirements and safety things that people don't know what to do. And there are a lot of very qualified people out there that are safety certified um, that are always willing to pick up some extra gigs. Unlike these other platforms like an Uber or a Lyft or a HubSpot or excuse me, a um, Grubhub or one of these, um, we're about 10 times the average um, hourly revenue. So instead of making 15 bucks an hour, you can make $125, $150 an hour. Um, you can be an executive or a leader in, in a safety program for a big company and say, you know what, I'm going to go train a safety um, program for a 30-man operation because I, I want to make some extra money, but reality is I also wouldn't mind giving back a little bit. So that's where the concept of Go Yellowbird came up. Wow. Now, I think that's a very, very cool idea. And it seems like it's a untapped market that, one, you guys are fulfilling, but two, it seems like a lot of opportunity for growth. So take me through, you know, that process. How did Go Yellowbird start? Was it something you came up with, something a partner you talked about? <laughs> Actually, uh, interestingly enough, I was being picked up um, by an Uber driver in front of my home. At 5.30 in the morning, I was flying out to Texas, and this gentleman who picked me up, who was an incredibly professional Uber driver, the gentleman had a immaculate car, very well-versed, he was in his 60s. Turns out he was a, uh, he was a colonel in the Chilean Air Force, and I kind of did a, what, excuse me? And he explained that when he retired, he moved to America, and he's been driving for Uber. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I'm not putting anything down on that at all. But I was thinking, what a wonderful resource he is. Why isn't he a consultant? Or why isn't he doing some lobbying or something for somebody of his stature and caliber? And he just said, you know, he didn't know anybody. And honestly, he's not a very good salesman. He just didn't know how to find himself into a position that he could do that. And so he's driving for Uber because he just wanted to get out and, and be useful. And I thought to myself, you know, I know a lot of people in health and safety who are, you know, these are PhDs and engineers and people with advanced degrees. And I can honestly tell you that they would love to teach a course or they would love to help write a safety program, but they certainly aren't going to go do a bunch of mixers and put an advertisement out and buy Google AdWords and all the things that you need to do as a small business to run a small consulting practice, but I could help them do that. And that's kind of how this came to came into the idea and came to fruition. Now that is very cool. And it just shows you can really get an idea from anywhere, any moment in any interaction, right? So, oh, yes. So it leads into my next question. <laughs> so Michael, going back to what it kind of blows my mind and, and what I really uh, like and appreciate about you is the fact that you are a sales professional, you have that background, you have that expertise, you understand it's all about relationships. But when I look at something like Go Yellowbird, I'm like, there has to be some technical aspect of this. So how did you overcome or how did you even try to figure out some of those technical technology problems? Like how are we going to build this? Where is it going to live? Are we using Amazon? Are we using Google? You know, how did you go about answering those questions? Yeah, great. Uh, again, I love your question. So um, I'm kind of I'm a I'm a techie from by by nature, but but the honest answer is is that it's not initially the technology that's the concern. Um, the most important thing, and I'm actually going through a incubator program in town. Um, it's called Coplex. 
good friend of mine is the CEO of Coplex. His name's uh, Zach Ferris. And what we did is we developed a strategy around what they call MVP, which is a minimum viable product. And it's nothing new. It's a lean startup idea. And it's to, at a minimum, to vet out the, vet out the concept. And so from our perspective, the technology is not that challenging at the small, at the low end to vet it out, to make sure it works, right? And so, you know, you have a, we call them the co's and the pros, right? You have the companies and you have the professionals. And what are the companies looking for and what are the professionals looking for? And if you think about it from a, from a, just a layout perspective, it's very much a linear, uh, you can almost do a line chart. You can do an Excel spreadsheet. At some point, you can take a standard website that you've got a submission page on this side and a submission page on this side and somebody who's filling out a spreadsheet on the back end, and then you say, now it's time to automate. Uh, to answer your question, you know, yes, we're using AWS. We're using uh, um, the Amazon uh, hosted services. Um, we have a various, you know, various forms like, you know, the Google type forms and the various uh, Ruby on Rails for the database. But that's really not the hard part. The hard part is not spending money on things that you don't know that you need. Like, do I go and put $50,000 into a database developer before I know what the database needs to do? And if I had any guidance for a young entrepreneur, it's don't build too much of the back end before you've really vetted it out because um, you can burn a lot of money and it's not necessary. And I think that's a very valid point because um, I've definitely worked because uh, I've done some IT consulting and I think you're spot on. A lot of people, they come to me and they're like, I, I want to build Facebook, but it's not like Facebook. And they're talking about, I want you to cloud and I want blockchain, whatever the buzzword is at the time. They want to integrate sure. it. And I'm always like, well, what's the, like the one thing your thing does very, very well? And they're like, well, there's a thousand things. And I'm like, yeah, but what's the one thing it does very well? So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think and, that's if it's, and, if it's, and if it's not the, and if you're not doing it really well, um, well, first of all, it's what the honest answer is, is what problem are you solving? And does tech, is it technology that is required to solve that problem for us? I mean, yes, you can automate and we're going to use AI and we're going to, we're going to kind of, we call them, um, um, uh, there's, there's, uh, areas of friction, right? You want to remove friction points. So if you've got somebody in the back office who's manually masking people and you've got 30 people doing that, well, we should probably have some kind of a technology that's not requiring 30 individuals to do this. Let's, let's write an algorithm or figure something out. But until then, you can do a lot with a spreadsheet and a, and a smart head, as long as it's not mine. I'm not smart enough for that. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate your honesty, though. No, I'm just kidding. So, <laughs> so going back to the business, um, so where can people find out more information about Go Yellow Bird? Um, you can go to goyellowbird.com, um, and um, we are uh, we're live. We're on. Um, we're also on LinkedIn and Inst Instagram, and uh, we have a Facebook page. And we would love for people to follow us. Um, and to be really honest, we're we're very interested in hearing feedback on the general flow and look and feel. And and if somebody's listening to this and they say, "I love what you're doing, but I have an idea for making it better." I'd love to hear that too. I'm not so arrogant to think that we have any of this figured out. We're constantly learning. Um, but yeah, go, go Yellowbird's a great location. I would love for anybody that 
goes there to feel free to reach out to us and uh, we'd love to, to be further involved and, and uh, speak with them. So going back to, um, you mentioned that you uh, know Zach, who I would love to get on my podcast one day. And do you just yeah. help, help us understand what a company like Coplex can do for somebody like you and Go Yellow Bird? Sure. Uh, they're a great group. They're a wonderful group here in town. Um, so they call themselves a venture builder. Um, they're, they look for they look for people like me, um, you know, maybe a little bit of gray hair, maybe a few years under their belt. Um, they always say that they're not looking for the, um, the uh, Stanford grad with uh, no experience and a, uh, a PhD in, in uh, computer engineering, but they're looking for business people like myself and, and, and others who understand a market, but maybe don't understand the technology or how to brand. And what, what Coplex does is they've got a, a three stages of their program and they help develop the brand. They help develop your, um, your uh, corporate voice, but most importantly, they make sure that you have checked all the boxes to be venture capital ready. Um, and so for me, it's not, can you build something? It's, do you have the right people on your team? And so that's why I chose to go through Coplex because you know, they'll help, they'll ask you the hard questions of in a minimum viable product, which is something that we've developed with Coplex um, through Go Yellowbird, our Go Yellowbird platform is a minimum viable product launch. What are, what are you trying to solve? And is everything that you're doing solving that problem? Um, and once you solve that, okay, let's do another test. What other thing are you trying to solve? And so by, by thinking of it that way, you're always trying to make sure that you've got the most important thing first. And so um, Coplex has been very, very good um, to work with. And um, they're, they're, they're not, they don't take everybody. So we're very fortunate to um, be, uh, be working with them. But I will also say that we have a whole um, number of people, investors, potential investors, Silicon Valley types um, that are reaching out to us because we are um, in, the, in the ecosystem of the Coplex programs. That is very cool. And yeah, uh, I totally, because I'm aware of Coplex, yeah, they're very selective. So the fact that you guys got in, like, once you told me that, I'm like, <laughs> oh, I know they have something. So that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I do want to pick your brain a little bit because you mentioned about the importance of building teams. Me, as a <laughs> software developer, IT consultant, a lot of people who do what I do never think of the teams. We didn't think of the technology. And then sometimes people on the business side are just thinking about how do I make money, right? So I appreciate mm -hmm. you mentioned that it's very important building a team. How would you go about it? What advice would you give our listeners? Um, most importantly, be honest with yourself about your shortcomings. It's so easy, especially when you're having an idea and you're trying to explain to everybody that you can do this and you can do anything and you, you convince yourself that, yeah, I can do anything. I can be an accountant. I can be a salesman. I can be a marketer. I can do, run support calls. I can code. And at some point you have to say, well, one, what am I best at? What do I really enjoy? And what am I good at? And two, what are my blind spots that are going to, you know, <laughs> kick me in the, kick me in the behind. Right. You know, when, when we're, when, and in my case, it's operational stuff. You know, I'm a, I'm kind of that traditional entrepreneurial, high energy, 
I'm raising money. I'm doing strategic deals. I'm developing relationships. I'm talking on podcasts. Um, my co-founder who I had, um, who wasn't a co-founder of mine. I, I, um, she, uh, I recruited her. Um, her name is Michelle Tinsley and she's a, uh, she's a uh, executive from Intel, um, here in town, the Intel, uh, the Intel location out here. She's been all over the world with them. And she was 27 years at Intel and she's an operational genius. She's just wonderful. Um, and she keeps me on. She's my, she's the yang to my yin, right? Um, she, she said, all right, get back on point. We, you know, we weren't in this meeting to go uh, down that rabbit hole. Um, and choosing people around you and being willing to listen to them is probably the most important thing I can say. And honestly, being willing to give up um, whatever you need to give up to get that person with you. Um, and I know that sounds really, really hard for entrepreneurs and it's hard for everybody. It's like, well, I'd love to have a hundred percent of this. And if I just figure out a way to do it on my own, I'd never have to give up any equity or I'd never have to, you know, share my ideas or anything like that. Um, getting somebody great that makes you better is worth the investment. And that investment means giving up some of your equity and maybe some of the profits and, you know, but it's also getting a better result because you, you know, you were able to get that person on board. All right. So, Michael, let's have a little bit of fun. We're going to go into our segment, Great. which I like to call rapid fire. These are just going to be some fun questions. Don't think too hard. Or if you want to go to the next question, just let me know, okay? <laughs> you got it. All right. So we're going to start off with the first question here. I'm going to give you five. First one is, right. what technology do you wish existed? Hmm. Um teleportation because <laughs> i would love to be able to i'd love to be able to go to some of these places uh that uh you know i have opportunities to go to a a conference in new york and then another one in toronto canada and maybe someplace in italy and um i'm in the valley with 20 meetings a week and uh i know that i would never be able to do it at this stage so I wish I could teleport and just snap my fingers and be in another site so that I could uh, take better advantage of, of some of the opportunities that we have. That is a great one. I, I didn't even think of that one. I was thinking like, I kind of want like nanobots to make sure I'm always healthy, but the teleportation <laughs> would be really, really nice because uh, well, I, I have a very, I have a creative, <laughs> I have a yeah. creative 10 year old daughter, by the way. And he asked me <laughs> these types of questions. <laughs> Love it. Okay. Uh, question number two, mm -hmm. which words or phrases do you most overuse? Hmm. Great question. Um, let's see here. There's one that people make fun of me for. And unfortunately, right when, uh, um, right when you asked me, of course, those will never come to my mind. Um, we can come it back is, if it comes to you. Yep, what, yep, yep. You know what? Let's come back to it because I, I have had uh, many a person tease me about it. It's my filler word. Okay. Um, but for some reason, it's just not coming to my head right now. <laughs> no worries. So next oh, question. Oh, I got it. I got oh, go it. Go for it. I got it. When I'm explaining something, I use the term frankly. You know, frankly, what we really need to be doing is so-and-so. And frankly, <laughs> you know, it's like, so my buddies are like, hey, frankly. <laughs> so... <laughs> 
Uh, so yeah, that's a, that's one of my overword overused ones that I don't even realize I say. <laughs> that one's not too bad. I, I, for me, I was part of Toastmasters at one point, and and I'm sure you're familiar with Toastmasters, but they make you oh, I am. so self conscious of everything, ums and likes. And when I used to go through the clicking practice, I was sitting there, and they were like, "You're gonna say vernacular, the word of the day," and I would always. Once before, once that word would come up in my head, I was like, I'm no longer going to say um or like before, whatever the case was. So, frankly, it's not too bad in my Absolutely. opinion. Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks. <laughs> Next question. If you could change one thing about yourself, what would it be? Hmm. It would probably be, I don't know, maybe a superpower. So, I don't know if this is something I'd want to change, but... Um, I am very, I get very excited, um, not, in a, not in a negative way. I get very excited about things. And um, I've learned over the, over the years to stop and really think before I overcommit or over, um, no, overcommit, but overcommit either resources or overcommit myself to things that I get excited about. And so it's taken me a long time to, to get to that point. But yeah, I changed that about myself where, um, you know, that whole take a beat, think a little bit, um, just because you're excited, it doesn't mean you have to act on things right now. And um, it, you know, took some gray hairs to get there. <laughs> well, well, my wife would say that's really good self-awareness. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Oh, right, my wife right, says so that too, question. although she wishes I would. <laughs> Go ahead. <please. laughs> the last question for you here. If you can instantly become one, what would you want to be an expert in? Ooh. What a great question. That is a great question. If I could instantly become one, what would I want to become an expert in? Um, I guess I guess the reality is it would be, um, I'm just going to go with what came to mind, which is um, um, machine learning and artificial intelligence and at a very, very deep level. Um, I just think it's so exciting. I think true AI and where we're going um, technically is, is really exciting and it's so complex. Um, and I, I, I think it would take a long, long time to really be an expert. I'm only, I only know enough to be dangerous. But yeah, I, I would say AI and machine learning um, is, is one of those things that from a, from a technical perspective would be just wonderful. Right now, because I spend so much time trying to, you know, raising money and venture capital and private equity and all that stuff, uh, I'd really like to, uh, you know, be an expert in, 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 in finance. Um, which I, I'm quickly becoming, um, but I, from a from just a tech perspective, I just I love AI. I think it's just great. And you know, it's funny you say that. Uh, so I'm pursuing my doctorate. However, when I'm, I was talking to a colleague of mine, and it's funny you say AI because I was like, there's not a doctorate in artificial intelligence. And then we had a conversation, <laughs> and we might do a podcast episode about it. But it was a group of my friends mm -hmm. and mentors and. 
they sat there and were saying like, there's probably no one who can create the curriculum for an AI doctorate program yet because it's just so new and it's, you know, like you said, it's so vast. You have machine learning, deep learning, AI itself, NLP, and the list goes on and on. It's just such a wide spectrum. But I would oh, agree yeah. with you. If I could become an expert, that would definitely be one area. That's because, like you said, it's, it's here, it's not going anywhere, and the possibilities are endless. Oh, yeah. It's, it's really, and it's super exciting. If you, think about, if you think about the impact that it can truly make um, on people's lives, which is why I got into Yo, uh, Go Yobert, is, um, you know, I'm an, I, I like making an impact. I like actually having a mission in what we're doing. And at the end of the day, if you can go to sleep saying that you've really helped contribute to helping somebody not get injured or, or save a life or make somebody better prepared for if somebody has a first aid need or CPR uh, requirement or something like that. I mean, we literally are going to be helping people save lives and that's a wonderful thing. I think AI is going to do that for in the medical world. Um, not that I have any, uh, any vested interest other than being a human being. Um, but I think once artificial intelligence really helps us get it down the path, maybe things that, um, maybe things like uh, root cause analysis of, of uh, illness and, and cures and things like that. I, I think it just can all go, you know, leveraging that, that technology is going to be wonderful. It really is. Yeah, I totally agree with you. So coming to the end of this interview, uh, I want to give you yes, an sir. opportunity to say any final words to our day one listeners and also share any information. How can, how can they get in contact with you? I'm going to post the goyellowbird.com link in the show notes, but how can they get in contact mm -hmm. with you? Uh, what do you have planned for 2020? Things of that nature. Thank you. Okay. Um, well, you can, you can find out about me by all means. Feel free to uh, reach out to me on LinkedIn. Um, you know, it's Michael Zal, uh, Z-A-L-L-E. Um, Michael spelled uh, traditionally. Um, from a Go Yellowbird perspective, we've got all the traditional social media sites as well as the website, and those will be posted. Uh, 2020 is going to be a very exciting year. Um, we are um, we have just turned on revenue. We have explosive growth on our on our professional signups. Um, we are matching with companies right now. Our focus is currently um, where we're seeing the most traction is in um, construction and small manufacturing, and it doesn't surprise us because that's where the greatest need is for um, for OSHA help, especially in small manufacturing. Where we're going over the next 18 months. Um, we're going to open and we're starting in Arizona, but we're going to open, um, at least on our forecast, uh, 30 cities in 18 months across the nation. So um, it's gonna, we're going to be uh, raising a lot of capital, we're hiring a lot of people um, here in, here in uh, Phoenix as well as uh, across the nation. And, um, you know, we're going through those rounds of, of uh, finance raises and bringing on better and better people. And it'll be very exciting. I'm, I'm super excited about where we are as a, you know, this is a, an early stage investment or early stage endeavor. Um, and I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm thrilled with where we are right now. I'm also very excited for you because I think what you guys are doing is not only great for great as a technology, but it's great as a service to, like you said, empower people to, you know, do quote unquote side gigs and potentially make a business out of something like go yellow bird. So I think what you guys are doing is really, mm -hmm. really great. Love to talk to you maybe in a year to see, 
what it's like. And maybe you're talking to me like, Caleb, we're going to even more cities and we might go international or wherever you guys go from there. So love oh, yeah. what you're doing. Completely support you. Let us know if we can help you in any way. And again, Michael, thank you so much for being on a podcast. And for Dave and listeners, I'm going to link all his information in the show notes below. Make sure to follow. Make sure to go check out goyellbird.com. And for now, we are out. Peace. Thanks for joining us on the People in Tech podcast. For resources mentioned in this episode, visit us at peopleintech.us and join our mailing list for more content. Later. Later.